This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Overcoming great challenges like COVID-19 requires great cooperation. This is Dan Hilferty, CEO of Independence Blue Cross. Most of us never imagined we'd be facing an outbreak of this magnitude. But in the face of this challenge, hospitals, public officials, and business leaders have come together. Through effective cooperation, these leaders are taking steps to keep us safe. Slowing the rate of infection from the virus will help hospitals care for those who need attention most. Remember, stay home, leave only for essential needs. Stay informed from sources like the CDC or Department of Health. Take a break from watching the news. Stay well, exercise, and practice self-care to make sure you're physically and mentally fit. In our great region, we have a tradition of caring for each other and cooperating to get things done. We'll do it again now. For more, visit ibx.com COVID-19. Together, we will beat COVID-19. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. A radio.com station. From the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. That is a very, very robust, vigorous, achu sneeze. That's what that is. And that's not what we're talking about. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Today you'll hear about a very special place in Philadelphia called Project Home. For over 30 years, it's been the heart of Philadelphia, offering a home to those who experience homelessness. It's the fulfillment of a dream shared by two women who believe that indifference to the poor is not an option. Sister Mary Scullion, President and Executive Director of Project Home in Philadelphia, had a faith-filled mission based on an understanding we share as Catholic Christians. We are called to love one another. We are called to see Jesus in every person, in every encounter. Each of us is made in the image and likeness of God. Every life has value and every person deserves to be treated with dignity. These core values led Mary Scullion, a sister of mercy, to partner with Joan Dawson McConnell, also very active in caring for those who experience homelessness. Officially named Project Home in 1989, it has become the most successful homeless outreach organization in the world. And what started as a small emergency winter shelter has grown to nearly 1,000 units of housing, two businesses that employ formerly homeless people, a medical facility, and a technology center with educational and occupational programming. Time Magazine calls Sister Mary one of the most influential people in the world. She and Joan have received the highest award of honor from University of Notre Dame. Sister Mary has been compared to Mother Teresa, and she's a friend to Pope Francis. Most importantly, she is a beacon of hope to the most needy of God's children. We invited two special guests today, one being Sister Mary, but she had to change direction, so we send her our, our best wishes. But we're very happy to welcome our second guest, Monica Medina McCurdy a physician assistant and the vice president of healthcare services for Project Home. 
Monica has many years of experience at Project Home, including 11 years as a healthcare provider. Project Home is very fortunate to have you. So welcome, Monica. So glad you could share all this important information with us. Thank you so much, Marianne, for having me on today. I really appreciate it. So let's start with explaining, if you would, the acronym HOME, H-O-M-E. Sure, yeah. So HOME stands for um, Housing Opportunities for Employment, Medical Care, and Education. Um, And we also do a lot of advocacy around public policy. Okay. And, And we know the common denominator for people who experience homelessness is poverty. But many of the same people also struggle with dependence on alcohol or drugs or mental illness. How often do you see a dual diagnosis? So um, in, amongst folks that are living on the street, um, the numbers are relatively high uh, for folks that are struggling with those special needs um, with a mental health condition and or a substance use problem. But when you look at the total homeless population, people living in shelter, people living doubled up in housing, that percentage of people with dual diagnosis goes way down. The total population, it's probably something like 20 to 25 percent have a mental illness and or substance use problem, and the rest are just not able to afford affordable housing um, and are just, you know, lacking basically economic resources. Sure. And we're going to talk a little bit later about the impact of COVID with so many people losing their jobs or furloughed or losing their businesses. But Mm -hmm. what's interesting about Philadelphia is I've read that Though Philadelphia has the highest poverty rate of the top 10 major cities, it has the lowest rate of homelessness, thanks Mm -hmm. to people like you and Sister Mary, yeah. Yeah, we really are um, really fortunate that we can, uh, that we live in a a locality where there are a lot of partnerships, uh, public and private partnerships, that are really um, honed in and focused on trying to solve homelessness. Um, so yeah, Project Home has been a part of that. We ca- certainly can't take credit for all of it, but we're very fortunate that we're, um, you know, part of a, a large uh, group of organizations that are working on it. Sure. And I know Sister Mary has been asked before, uh, have you ever thought about growing or going to a place larger than Philadelphia? But I know she likes to say that the need is here. And in reality, if she can continue, not she, all of you, she and Joan and all the staff continue to grow it. It really is a shiny template for other cities to imitate. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, we've been around for 30 years, so we've, you know, learned a few things in those 30 years. I haven't been there for the whole 30 years. Of course, Sister Mary and Joan started it 30 years ago, but there's been um, a ton of learning through that, and we're very happy to share that with any other cities and have have hosted people from other cities to come learn how we do things. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And I'm sure that Joan and Sister Mary visit other cities to to share their experiences and help them. You mm-hmm. know, I know I, I saw a very interesting um, interview, a TV interview that someone had with Sister Mary. And the question was, there are people who hesitate to give money to people they see on the street because they say, oh, they're just going to use it for drugs or alcohol. For me, if I see someone on the street even if they don't use it for something healthy, at least they'll feel like they matter. At least they'll feel like somebody stopped and cared enough to acknowledge them. And maybe mm-hmm. that one spark will lead them to take the first step to get help. Like, people do care about me. I, I do exist. And I thought Sister Mary handled it so beautifully and said, that's why Pope Francis says the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, much more eloquently than I. But I know that's what drives Sister Mary and Joan. 
Yeah, one of the most heartbreaking stories I ever heard from somebody was when they we used to be on the street homeless. The worst thing they hated about it was everybody ignoring them, not making eye contact, pretending they weren't there, even though they were suffering greatly. So even just acknowledging someone, whether or not you give them money, it's kind of a personal decision. But even if you don't give them money, if you can acknowledge them as a human being, um, say good morning, offer them a cup of coffee, something. Exactly. It, it, it means a lot to a person who's otherwise um, marginalized and seen as invisible. Um, and, and that's forgotten. very traumatic for people. Yeah, yeah, no matter what the age. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, Sister Mary will say our work is collaborative and communal. So when the staff, volunteers, and the homeless people all work together, we are all changed, which leads to the mantra, no one is home until all of us are home. And right. when you all help to turn one person's life around, they come back and turn the lives around of others. So people hear your story and want to get involved. And so we'll talk a little bit as we go on how people can get involved. But just for our listeners, read more about Project Home on the website, projecthome.org. It's just pure inspiration and uh, beautiful, beautiful work. Let's take a little break, Monica, and we'll return in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.com. And we're back with Monica Medina McCurdy, the Vice President of Healthcare Services for Project Home in Philadelphia. Monica, we talked about the mission of Project Home. Now let's talk about the four pillars, housing, opportunity for employment, medical care, and education. Now, we know that housing is part of medical care because people who live without shelter are much more vulnerable to disease, especially in these times of COVID. People who experience homelessness age much more quickly. I mean, their physical conditions parallel those of people 15 to 20 years older. And as you say, many of them already have existing health conditions. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so definitely housing is um, absolutely necessary for people to overcome or adequately treat their health conditions. And without it, Mm -hmm. uh, we're really, people are just going to end up cycling through um, various, uh, you know, through hospitals or maybe even die early simply because they don't have a safe place to live. Um, So, you know, as a healthcare provider, we're always uh, not only addressing the, at, at Project Home, we're not just addressing the medical condition with pharmaceuticals and labs and all of that, but we're also trying to help people meet their basic needs through housing, food, um, transportation, other resources they need just to try to stay healthy. The whole person, a comprehensive a whole, care. Whole, mm-hmm. Exactly, whole person approach. Mm-hmm. And for several years, we were seeing a downward trend in homelessness. I think you could tell us better. They started keeping statistics in about 2007, but gee, with the crush of COVID, even modest gains might be uh, erased uh, this year. How have you approached the challenge, that additional challenge of COVID? So um, at Project Home, you know, we've attacked it in a few different ways. Um, We're trying to, for folks living on the street, uh, we still have outreach teams that are out there trying to um, engage folks to take advantage of, you know, shelter or other housing that's available. Um, from a healthcare perspective, our healthcare services haven't shut down during COVID. We still, um, we operate a, um, a homeless engagement center in Center City called the Hub of Hope, 
um, that is a combination social services and healthcare. We have a healthcare clinic inside um, this engagement center, which is in Suburban Station underground, uh, like mm-hmm. right below JFK and 16th Street. And mm-hmm. um, and there, that's open every day, Monday through Friday, um, providing hospitality to folks who are still on the street during COVID. And then we're also doing, we have a medical testing tent, so we can provide rapid testing um, f- for anyone who's symptomatic and, and is, just wants to get tested for COVID. Um, and mm-hmm. m- mostly folks that are homeless utilize that medical testing tent, although really anybody in the city can come. Um, but we're uh, focused a lot on trying to serve the homeless population through that. Plus, plus you offer uh, the opportunity to take a shower or do laundry. It's, it's incredible, um, everything mm-hmm. that you've thought of, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been um, that's a very popular service, as you can imagine, and people um, will come just to use utilize that. Um, get a we have, thanks to Wawa, we have um, donated Wawa coffee, um, and so people can get a cup of coffee and just sit and relax and be in a safe environment for a couple of hours, or they can utilize those hospitality services that you mentioned. Um, just those simple things can make a person feel like a human being again. Oh, of course, and I, and I think the other important thing that you told me when we chatted the other day was. There's really nothing good about COVID, but some of the the um, lessons we've learned, or maybe something sort of good, very good, is that the challenges of COVID have led to this great collaboration among the mm-hmm. government, hospitals, faith communities, homeless and housing providers, student groups, businesses. Tell us about that. I know you work with so many partners. Yeah, there's nothing like a crisis to, like, um, inspire instant creativity, you know. So mm-hmm. people have to, um, when, the, when the crisis of COVID hit, um, so many people thought that the people that were going to get hit the hardest were people in shelters and on the street. Um, and there have been people that have um, contracted the virus. But uh, fortunately, so far, the numbers weren't as high as we thought they were going to be. We were bracing for the other shoe to drop for the last mm. several weeks. Um, and um, I think because we, you know, um, a lot of different partners, uh, you know, focused on it, including city, state, and um, local nonprofits, hospitals, like you said, faith communities, student groups, um, all came together and tried to come up with um, solutions to help folks you know, social distance, get the masks they need, and then um, get the testing they need. Um, and also um, with the city uh, taking the lead on on opening up um, a couple of hotels for quarantine um, right. for people who, who um, were tested or who became positive, either quarantine or isolation. And then also protective housing, which is a different category of housing. Um, Project Home, uh, get together with the city, uh, was able to occupy a floor in a local hotel where we can pull people out of um, our own housing, uh, where, like, especially the elderly or people with chronic illnesses, if they live in a congregate setting where they can't social distance all that much, um, we pull them or invite them, basically, to move into a hotel so that they can social distance and not, um, and not be at risk for contracting the disease. And that right. so these really well. Yeah, so these are the people, as you say, who are at risk, don't have COVID, but how mm-hmm. thoughtful and smart to separate them and uh, and protect them. And that's just wonderful. You were able to do that. So the other um, recent, uh, well, in the past few years, the status of FQHC, Federally Qualified Health Center for Project Home, has really helped to serve your residents. Tell us about that a little, if you would. 
Sure. Yeah. So Project Home um, decided to about maybe six six years ago um, apply for a status called Federally Qualified Health Center or FQHC. Um, FQHCs are all over the country. It's the safety net for the uh, healthcare provider for the whole country. We were fortunate to be able to get that designation. And basically, all FQH Project Home, like all other FQHCs in the country, are mandated to offer care, primary care, to everyone, regardless of their status, regardless of whether or not they have insurance. Um, and we are able to cover our cost for that through some federal grant dollars that um, we get as part of the FQHC status. Um, so that that we're really fortunate to have become part of the safety net um, in Philadelphia. And um, together with the FQHC plus our housing, we're really able to provide um, and respond to the multiple types of health care needs that pe- folks who experience homelessness um, experience. Sure. And as you say, people experiencing homelessness have a lot of acute needs, and it's it's probably safer and better than the emergency room in terms of sitting and waiting and, and all mm-hmm. that. And um, so the Stephen Klein Wellness Center is comprehensive, along with medical care. You address mm-hmm. uh, issues with behavioral health. You have a pharmacy, a whole team of doctors, nurses, physician assistants, dentists. You're able to do labs. It's incredible. Yeah, that all just popped up within the last um, six to seven years. Um Thanks to a, um, a, a seed grant from uh, Mr. Stephen Klein, and then we were able to uh, build a 20,000 20, square foot facility at the corner of 22nd and Cecil B. Moore in North Philadelphia. And that oh, houses okay. our, mm-hmm, our primary care, behavioral health, psychiatry specialty. We also do medication assisted treatment for people who, have, who are addicted to opioids like heroin or pre- prescription narcotics. We also offer an on site pharmacy, we have a dental practice. Um, we do wellness classes. Uh, we have groups. We take care of pregnant moms um, delivering babies. We've got. Uh, we also do pediatrics. Um, and if you don't have health insurance, you can still come see us, and we'll still we'll help you sign up for health insurance if you qualify. And regardless of that, still take care of um, folks' health care needs. Yeah, and you mentioned an important uh, issue: um, pregnant women that uh, really need to be followed, well, all of all of the patients you see need to be followed carefully, but um, mm-hmm. I know you have special uh, uh, care for pregnant women as well. Yes, we have, we're really um, excited to be able to serve um, women who are um, either their first-time moms or maybe, or maybe not, but we try to um, offer a, uh, a program called Centering Pregnancy, which is not something we invented. It's a national evidence-based practice that is group, um, group uh, health care. So we bring together women who are about the same, you know, far along in terms of their pregnancy or around the same time. And it's, it provides peer support. It's a, it's a space to provide education around healthy development. Um, and also they, also they will also get their medical visit tied into that group visit as well. Um, and it's really been fantastic. Uh, we've gotten our staff specially trained on that model, and we're excited to be able to implement it. So tell our listening audience, we're about two minutes, Monica, in this segment, how do you invite people in? I'm sure that some mm-hmm. people need a little extra convincing that we're here to help you. It's, it's, we, we love you. We want to bring you in. We, we want you to reach your mm-hmm. fullest potential as a person. How do you invite pe- pe- people to come? Yeah, so, I mean, I think of it at our Hub of Hope location in Center City that serves predominantly chronically homeless individuals, or we have another satellite um, up further up in North Philly close to Einstein that also serves 
folks with histories of chronic homelessness, the name of the game is um, relationships and engagement and Mm -hmm. meeting people where they're at. It's sort of cliche, meet people where they're at, but basically um, if a person uh, shows up and they... um, they maybe only want to, you know, take one step foot, in, one foot in the door, and then they want to walk away. We're not going to um, stigmatize them for the for that. We're not going, or if they act in an odd way, we're not going to stigmatize them for that. We try to continually try to connect with people, and that's what eventually makes it successful, where people want to come back and um, divulge who they are and what their needs are. And as you say, no stigma, no shame. You're at a, a point in your life where you need extra help. And yeah. I, I interviewed a doctor last week. We talked about the effect of alcohol on the liver. And we don't say alcoholism. Now we say alcohol use disorder. It's a disease. And mm-hmm. so you're not on the street because you want to be. You're there yeah. because you need somebody to reach out and say, come with me. We're going to help you in every way we can. And, and there are people who work full-time jobs and mm-hmm. can't make eat, met, uh, ends meet and um, get help from Project Home. It, it's just such a beautiful place. Um, yeah. Let's take a little break, and we're back in just a moment. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed on Radio.com. Listen to the show at your convenience. Go to Radio.com, and in the search bar, type in Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. And we're back with Monica Medina-McCurdy, Vice President of Healthcare Services at Project Home. Monica, we've learned so much listening to you. Aside from medical care, dental service is so important. If your mouth is filled with bacteria, you are inviting all kinds of inflammation in your mouth that um, cause other medical issues. Tell us about the, the beautiful dental services you have at Project Home. Yeah, that's been a really uh, wonderful blessing to be able to bring dental um, as part of the Project Home community into the stuff that we do. Um, So we have uh, three full-time dentists, um, a dental hygienist, uh, four dental assistants, and um, it's in a beautiful, uh, you know, section of the building with nine uh, separate rooms. And we're able to serve everyone, again, including folks that don't have health insurance um, with dental services. Uh, we can do x-rays and, you know, and basically extractions, cleanings, preventative care. A wonderful thing that we're able to do is also we have a partnership with Temple Dental School where they um, we uh, help train Temple Dental students, and they help us deliver care um, a lot. And then we have I was going to ask you if you, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm sorry, I was, I was going to ask you if you uh, partner with dental schools. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we have two partnerships. So Temple is one of them, and then the other is um, a, a wonderful partnership with Einstein um, Endodontics. Uh, so we're able to, through some volunteer um, steam from two endodontists, um, who come from Einstein and bring their residents, they're able, we're able to actually do things like root canals and crowns, um, which aren't covered by health by medical assistance typically. So people otherwise, most of our patients would never be able to afford that in a private practice. But um, sure. through their donation of time, we're actually able to provide that service. Um, and it's, it's been great. And it's preserving people's teeth because a lot of what ends up happening is, is extracting people's teeth. And this is a preservation procedure. Right. And, and extracting teeth leads to making it harder to keep up with good nutrition. So exactly. you're really uh, addressing several issues at once. And then there's mm-hmm. a wellness center, a physical therapy center. Tell us about those. 
Yeah, our wellness programming is really fun and exciting. We have um, community, we have four community health workers. They address the social determinants of health. So they'll assist patients, our medical, behavioral health, or dental patients with things like um, helping access to housing, uh, different kinds of, um, or accessing food if they have a um, a lack of food. They, we have a food pantry on site, or we can refer them to other food pantries in their neighborhood. We also offer in the Wellness Center our own hospitality program, so we can we do offer showers to people inside our medical center, because uh, even if you're not homeless, we've had folks that are have had their water shut off, and they come in, and, you know, we talk about what's going on in their life, and you know, and find that out. They can come and use our, it's a, it's a shower for our patients. We have a medical legal partnership also, um, which is wonderful. It's with another organization called Legal Clinic for the Disabled that where we can refer people for free pro bono legal assistance. Um, everything up to, and not, in, but not including criminal, but we can help, they can help with things like wills or custody or tenant landlord problems. Sure. Um, all those kind of legal issues and it's all free. Um, so, and then the physical therapy we have, um, so we do not provide the physical therapy ourselves. Um, in, in the YMCA fitness center that's located within our building right. that they rent space, there is some, sp- some space carved out for a full-time physical therapist from Jefferson. So a, Jefferson pra- a small Jefferson practices in that building. Um, and then we have, um, we're going to be moving to um, doing broader um, uh, more broadly addressing the social determinants of health through a beautiful um, grant we received from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation, Independence Blue mm-hmm. Cross Corporation, uh, for three years to help us address uh, social determinants of health for our patients. Um, so right, that's and really exciting. Yeah, I, I know. I had I learned about that. As you know, I'm partners with um, IBX, and this will address issues as you already said: food insecurity, maybe they need transportation to get to and from doctor visits, mm-hmm. um, access to internet, telehealth, mm-hmm. and yeah. showing them how to do telehealth and job training. Tell us about um, the opportunity for employment. Sure. Yeah. So um, Project Home, uh, the E, the O in Home is Opportunities for Employment. The E is Education, and um, our, we have a department devoted to that. Everything from after-school programming to a college access program. We have about between 50 and 60 young adults who have gone through our college access program. Most of them are first-time college graduates or have entered college in, for the first time in their families, uh, and they they go to college all over the country, really, in the region, not just in the Philadelphia area. Um, we have, um, I mentioned the after-school program. We have a robotics program. I um, mean, as far as the employment program, we do one-on-one assistance for folks just needing um, either job training classes through the Honickman Learning Center or we our computer classes, or we help connect people to jobs. We hold job fairs. And then we also run our own businesses that employ people who used to be homeless um, and provide them a source of income. And we do that through our social enterprise where we sell gifts like um, candles, soaps, uh, greeting cards, and Sister Mary's own cranberry sauce recipe that we, oh. sell, at the, we sell that at the holidays. It's, it's labeled Sister Mary's own cranberry. I, I don't know the exact title. Sorry. It's, uh-huh. I have to look at oh, I'll have to get some. But it's her, it's oh, her that's recipe. awesome. Yeah. I, um, I love that. Yeah, so we have, and our, our, the folks that live at Project Home, who used to be homeless, they staff uh, that social enterprise. We also have yes. um, beautiful homespun boutique, which is open to the public, 1515 Fairmont Avenue, um, and that's a, a secondhand clothing store 
um, very, very, very affordable. That also takes donations for clothing, but we also sell the donation uh, sell the clothing at a very low price. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that if if people work in the boutique or work uh, at Project Home, then they're able to uh, buy in the store, and and mm-hmm. uh, it works out really well. And I know you had there's a um, do you have a bookstore online as well? Can you purchase books? Yeah, yeah, that just started um, less than a year ago. So we have an online bookstore also staffed. All the fulfillment of those online orders are staffed by individuals who used to be homeless. Um, and uh, that link to the online bookstore is on our website. I also forgot to mention we have a very robust art program. Um, art sounds wonderful, and, you know, people express themselves through art, but it actually mm-hmm. has also been become um, a way for art self-taught artists to sell their art. Um, so we've had um, basically exhibitions at some really wonderful venues like PAFA, Pennsylvania Academy for Fine Arts, Drexel sure. University. Um, I think uh, the Art Museum has hosted some of our um, artists, so and they're able to expose, like kind of share their story through their art as well as sell their art. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And I know um, that the Stephen Klein building is medical. Hanekman is the Technology education Center and, technology. and Education. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also have occupational training or occupational? Uh, like job training classes? Yeah, that actually yeah. happens at the Honickman Center as well. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. adult learning There's adult learning classes as well as um, programming for youth and children. Yep. Sure. Because that's what is exactly. And as you said, and I would think, and, and from what I'm reading, that um, I know that there's a growing number of younger people uh, in the population experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether they're LGBTQ and or maybe they're children from foster homes who, who need some adult uh, guidance and they come to Project Home. It's just wonderful that, that your door is open to everybody who needs you. Yeah, that's the fastest growing segment of the homeless population are youth and young adults and of the youth and young adults, and that's nation, nationwide, and of the youth and young adults, um, uh, I think the number is 40% identify as LGBTQ um, who become homeless. Um, and a lot of the youth are um, aging out of foster care into adulthood mm-hmm. and then sometimes have nowhere to turn or can't afford housing while they're trying sure. to also go to school or hold down a job. Um, so we built Gloria Casares, which is um, a standalone building that is dedicated to serving youth and young adults who have experienced homelessness. It's permanent supportive housing, and its sister um, neighbor neighboring building is being built uh, now, and it's called um, uh, Peg's Place, and that will be opening. That'll also be um, focused on youth and young adults uh, as well. And uh, and as you mentioned too. Uh, many of your residents are children. So having this educational center for people of all ages is remarkable and necessary and outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sister um, Mary always says the uh, number one solution to solving homelessness is housing. The number one solution to preventing homelessness is education. We need exactly. to con- we need to provide um, educational opportunities for youth across the board. It's 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 literally giving the man the fish. Mm-hmm. Not giving the fish, teaching the man to fish is what I meant to say. Yes. Well, Monica, thank you. Let's take another break and we'll be back to say our final words. Thanks, Monica. Thank you. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. Dr. Marianne will return, but first, a medical message from one of our partners. 
welcome back to our last segment with Monica Medina McCurdy from Project Home in Philadelphia. We've talked about so many uh, wonderful aspects of Project Home, and I wonder if you could share a story of one of the residents with us, Monica. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so uh, this woman, I'll, we'll call her Anne. Um, her, that's not her real name. She lived at Project Home for several years. You know, unfortunately, uh, she, because of her years on the street, she developed a few chronic illnesses and so died at a relatively youngish age. I'm going to say like in her early 60s. She had a huge impact on myself, but also on the community. Um, her story, she would have been perceived maybe by the general, like if any passersby is sort of your typical a woman who used to live on the streets, wore a lot of, like, multiple layers of clothing, talked to herself, you know, was really mm-hmm. in the throes of a serious mental illness while she was on the street. And um, her old call, and, she, and underneath sort of all those layers, she had a really deep and interesting story. One of her old college um, roommates actually recognized her and uh, went right to Project Home and said, how can I help? This is my friend from college from decades ago. I need your help to help. So Sister Mary actually um, started to engage with her, and she eventually came in. And um, Anne um, was, like, just one of the most gifted people I'll ever meet. Um, She spoke fluent German. She was, um, uh, she she grew up in, uh, she grew up in Philadelphia, um, she was a ballet dancer. Um, she's an African American woman, ballet dancer. Spoke fluent German. Oh. Went to college. Finished college. Um, really worked in uh, like kind of corporate life, and then kind of a mix of economic uh, difficulties and her health issues um, sort of spun out of control, and she ended up on the street. And basically, just was there for so you know for many years. Came into Project Home, was able to recover. Um, be able to work and started tutoring other people um, and then really was able to tell her story and really dispel all of the myths about people who live on the street. You just never should ever assume people's stories based on how they appear and what stories are told about them. Um, See Jesus Jesus in every person you meet. That's right. You you do and you just never, uh, and in the most unexpected ways. Well, I think the beautiful message is that People who accept your invitation to come in and live at Project Home, find stability, love, then they convert hearts and minds and help other people because mm-hmm. people who also experience homelessness are going to um, f- trust and accept the invitation more readily from somebody who understands them completely. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Well, Monica, thank you for your time today, and you, you speak so beautifully. Um to our listeners, visit projecthome.org, the website. Find out how you can volunteer, donate, um, donate money, donate clothing. There's so many ways that you can help our the, the neediest people in our city. And if you know someone that you think needs help, just like the story we heard, that it was this woman's college friend that contacted Project Home and said, please help me help my friend. Mm-hmm. Um that's a that's a fantastic friend. That she gave her friend a second chance at life, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, so projecthome.org. And anything else you'd like to add there, Monica? Um, no, I think you've covered it all, Marianne. I just I want to thank you and your listeners for taking the time to listen to our story, and and hope folks will get involved. And again, if you need help, just um, go to our website too. If there's anybody out here who needs help, 
um, call our main number, 215-232-7272, and we can connect you. Please send my love to Sister Mary. Hearing your work and the story of these people should humble all of us and remind us how very fortunate we all are. Thank you, Monica. Take Thank care. God bless. Take care. And your real champion this week is Kathleen Perez Finch. I call this a league of her own. Kathleen Perez Finch is very busy. This mother of three owns not one, but two businesses, a fitness center and a cleaning service. This is a woman whose middle name is Service. Her love of family is crystal clear. Coach Kathy runs Fit Fam Fitness, that's Fit Family Fitness, a place where parents can come for healthy exercise and bring their children. Because childcare is not a barrier, it's a bonus. The whole family can work out together. What a great concept. You can be an example to your kids and give them a jump start on a healthy lifestyle. Then came COVID. She had to close the gym and she couldn't bring her crew into people's homes to clean. As with most of us, she had more time to spend online. One day she came across a video of a nurse returning home after a long shift of caring for COVID patients. A tiny girl ran to meet her mommy, but the nurse had to turn away because she didn't want to expose her little angel to possible infection. This story brought Kathy to tears. In fact, she cried again when recounting the story of the video to me. Kathy felt the pain of the other mother and committed to making a difference. Kathy went to work and Fit Fam Fighters for Frontliners was born. She would start a league of her own. What started as a team making masks blossomed into finding gowns, bleach, hand sanitizers, and then expanded to making meals. She sent out the call to family, friends, people who use her gym, and clients of her cleaning service. Does anyone have a sewing machine? How about fabric? Who can help with deliveries? Kathy orchestrated a massive effort and brought masks and supplies to 10 hospital centers. Frankfurt Torsdale, Holy Redeemer, Jefferson, St. Mary's to name a few. People would make masks, food, bring the finished products to her home. Even her three children helped. And of course, she shares any credit with her teammates, Lisa Rogers, Callie Good, and Gary Walker. As hospital supplies improved, she continued making masks for the community. Her team went through several styles and it seems people like the mask with the drawstring most. She now sells the masks in sizes for adults and children and the money gets recycled for more supplies and making more food. By the way, Kathy's a nutritionist by profession as well as a certified private trainer. So her gym has a meal prep area and a space she uses to prepare food. Recently, the need for masks and gowns has plateaued a bit, but Kathy's team has been working out and their endorphin levels are high. So with their well-oiled assembly line in place, they've turned their energy into making meals for the homeless. COVID's not a happy topic, but one thing for sure, it has brought a lot of good people together to do a lot of good work for their neighbors in need. Congratulations to Kathy Perez Finch, your real champion. A special thank you to Sister Mary Scullion for her shining example and being a source of pure inspiration with Project Home. Thank you, Monica McCurdy, for updating us on all your outstanding work. To learn more about Project Home, visit their website, projecthome.org. Tune in next week to learn about the care of senior citizens from the president of the American Geriatric Society. You can revisit today's show and all of our shows on yourradiodoctor.com. 
And if you'd like to partner with us in the show, send an email to info at yourradiodoctor.com or call Jacob Media, 267-261-3428. Now sit back and enjoy the sounds of Sinatra with the calming voice of Sid Mark. And remember, your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.